Welcome to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Sam Abbott, registered dietitian nutritionist and PCOS nutrition expert. I'm here to help you learn how to manage PCOS and support your hormones while also having a healthy relationship with food in your body. You can improve PCOS symptoms and labs without dieting. Get ready to feel better with PCOS and leave diet culture in the rearview mirror. Have you ever wondered how you can implement PCOS nutrition recommendations when you also want to practice intuitive eating? That is exactly what we are going to talk about today on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Sam, PCOS registered dietitian, and I am also a certified intuitive eating counselor. I hope you're having an amazing day today. Just wanted to chit chat with you before we get started with today's topic. I'm planning something really special that is, if you're listening to this episode live, I think it's going to open up in the spring. So stay tuned for that. A lot of my plans actually for PCOS Nutrition Co., which is my business, I felt I feel like they've been a little up in the air because if you followed along, you know this, but we have been renovating a house for over a year. We completely took the house down to the studs. We're not living there, obviously. And as most construction projects do, ours has taken a little longer than we We knew like fairly early on that our initial projected move-in date was going to be a little longer, but most recently, it's like every week held up and held up with things, and we were feeling pretty good that we were going to be moving in in February, and just recently, that got pushed back to March, and then a day before I'm recording this, it got pushed back to April. And so I was really hoping to, you know, get settled into my new office before I launched this new program. And I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, which I'm kind of bummed about. I haven't shared a lot about our living situation because I know this is a first world problem and I'm extremely privileged. But where we're living right now, it's not great, a great setup for working from home. We thought we were only going to be living here for a year. And when it's all said and done, we'll, we will have been here for over two years. That's how long this has taken. But our offices are right beside each other. My husband doesn't work from home every day. But when he does, this is an old house. There's no insulation I can only record things or create video content on very specific days. And a lot of times I have to put my dogs in daycare too, just because of the setup of the house. There's, it's really difficult to have a space where it can truly be private and quiet. And that's been one of the biggest things I've been looking forward to about moving and finishing up this renovation project. We really worked on designing a space that had a separate office to where if somebody was working from home, you know, that's me now. But if we did sell this house down the road, it's a very appealing space for somebody who works from home. So because 
I've kind of been thinking of this idea for a while, but it's something brand new that I'm going to have to create from scratch and probably use a different type of program than I normally use. So it's going to take a little bit of legwork. And I was really thinking that I was going, we were going to move in February and then I was going to take a month or two to build this out. And yeah, it's not happening, I don't think. But either way, I am really excited and stay tuned for all the deets on that. Okay, so let's jump into today's topic, which is all about how to blend intuitive eating with nutrition recommendations for PCOS. So on Instagram, somebody asked a really great question when I was just going over some gentle nutrition for PCOS. They asked, how can I take or receive this advice if I want to be an intuitive eater? So I thought this was a really great question. And I wanted to answer it and give you a little bit more info and some things to think about when it comes to intuitive eating. Now, if you're like, what is intuitive eating? Or you want to do a really deep dive into intuitive eating, you might want to go back and revisit my podcast episodes 18, 19, and 20. I did a little series about intuitive eating. The second episode, episode 19, is how intuitive eating looks different for PCOS. And then episode 20 was how to overcome common obstacles that come up with PCOS and intuitive eating. So I will link those in the show notes, but that would be a really great starting point if you want to do a deep dive into intuitive eating. But I will give you a brief overview of what intuitive eating is. So intuitive eating is a framework that was developed by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. A lot of people don't realize that intuitive eating, it's a formal framework. There's a book explaining what the framework is called intuitive eating, and there's a certification program. So it's not just throwing around the word intuition. There are actually steps and training to help you with the nuances of it. But in a nutshell, Intuitive eating is a self-care nutrition framework, and the idea of it or the purpose of it is to help you make peace with food and have a peaceful relationship with food, and it really delves into helping you reflect on how having a tumultuous relationship with food actually ends up harming your health and taking away from your life. So... Someone also recently asked me, how would I define intuitive eating? And um, I was kind of like, well, it's not really something that's up for personal, <laughs> your personal interpretation. It's a formal framework. So how it is defined in the framework is intuitive eating is a self-care nutrition framework that blends instinct, emotion, and thought. So a a more simple way of saying that is it can help you feel pleasant physically, mentally, and emotionally. With diet culture, the focus on health, I feel like it's, it really seems like there's tunnel vision. Like at the end of the day, the outcome that we're focusing on is weight first and maybe labs. There's not really much consideration for your mental well-being or your emotional well-being. 
And this is where, you know, I've had a lot of clients that have had a history of an eating disorder. And that was kind of like dismissed when they they tried to share that they did not want to focus on weight or they didn't want to have their weight taken. And that was not received very well. Like, that's what I mean when I'm talking about tunnel vision. It's like, well, this is what we need to focus on. This is what defines your health. That is really the core of traditional diet culture. With intuitive eating, we're looking at your physical health, but we're also looking at your mental health and emotional health. And we're either looking at these equally or in whatever proportion looks good to you. Like you're the one that gets to decide that. So maybe this is just one example, but maybe if you're in recovery from an eating disorder, that is your priority and you are okay with your labs and your PCOS symptoms landing wherever they're going to land as long as you stay in recovery. And that is how you're approaching nutrition. And everybody on your healthcare team is respecting that because that's what you want. That's an example of the foundation of intuitive eating. Another thing with intuitive eating is that it is weight neutral, meaning that we're not thinking that weight loss is the goal or if you gain weight, that's a bad thing. We're looking at health and the overall bigger picture of health physically, mentally, and emotionally. So when we talk about intuitive eating and how to approach nutrition, kind of bringing this back to the original question of, well, why why would I be following any nutrition recommendation if I'm trying to be an intuitive eater? I like to think of intuitive eating as a radio with two dials. And I got this analogy from Robin Noling, who is a dietitian, and I really loved it, and I still use it to this day. Think of a radio with two dials. One dial is mind knowledge, and one dial is body knowledge. So mind knowledge would be knowledge about nutrition education and wellness and knowledge about PCOS management. This might be body movement can be beneficial for insulin resistance. These are all concepts that would fall under that mind knowledge category. And then body knowledge is how you're feeling. Like it's the, they're the factors that only you can decide or only you can share how you're feeling. So some examples of these could be I'm really wanting something savory or something sweet today, or I'm really craving something crunchy today, or I know that when I eat this specific combination of foods as a snack, it never fills me up. can also be your food preferences. Like, I don't really care for that food isn't satisfying to me. I hate leftovers. I don't want that incorporated into my meal plan. That all falls under body knowledge. So you have mind knowledge and you have body knowledge and imagine them as being two dials on a radio. When you have a medical condition, you may dial up that mind knowledge a little more, especially when your symptoms are deeply affecting the way that you're feeling every day. Like 
making you feel, if PCOS is making you feel fatigued, that's something that can really affect your quality of life. So maybe we dial up that mind knowledge because we're trying to just improve your immediate quality of life. But you might have to adjust those dials, mind knowledge and body knowledge, depending on how you're feeling and like what's going on in your life and your relationship with food and your goals for managing PCOS. So (laughs) something about intuitive eating is that gentle nutrition is one of the principles. So intuitive eating is a self-care framework, but if you want to apply it to a medical condition, that's where working with a professional who is a certified intuitive eating counselor, but also has knowledge on your medical condition can be really beneficial because what I find is a lot of people read the intuitive eating book or they follow intuitive eating dietitians on Instagram, and then they're not really sure how that applies to PCOS. So I think the concern or the question of like, how can I incorporate nutrition if I want to be an intuitive eater? I think that's a very valid one. But I think with also with PCOS, that gentle nutrition principle, that's where sometimes we dial that up if you really are trying to feel better or address labs. So a couple of things when we're talking about (laughs) dialing up that mind knowledge button or really bringing in nutrition principles. Until you work on healing your relationship with food, any sort of nutrition recommendation is probably going to feel like a food rule. And that's why in my programs and services or when I'm working with clients, the first thing I always go over is just some general guidance on how to let go of dieting and how to heal your relationship with food. Because if you don't do that work first, you can't really eat intuitively. You have to dismantle these thought processes that keep you feeling stressed about food or keep you confined to this black and white thinking around food. Something else that we really see if you are really needing to do a little bit more work on letting go of that diet mentality is, (laughs) however, with intuitive eating. So when I make a statement, pairing carbs with fat and protein can be helpful for blood sugar. A diet mindset of the of thinking about this might be, okay, well, I should be pairing my carbs with fat and protein. Like that is what I should be doing. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm doing it wrong. I'm not being good. I'm not following what I'm supposed to be following. When we look at this recommendation from an intuitive eating lens, we bring in a lot more autonomy and flexibility. So with intuitive eating, with this recommendation, we might say, I'm going to try pairing my carbs with fat and protein, and I'm going to see how I feel. Or I'm going to observe myself with curiosity when I don't pair carbohydrates with fat and protein, and I'm going to see how I feel then. We might also say, I'm going to take this into consideration 
But when I don't pair carbs with fat and protein, that's my choice and I'm not wrong or bad for doing that. And that could be intentionally, like if you want to eat something without pairing carbs, or that could be unintentionally, like maybe you were just caught up and not prepared with a meal or a snack and just kind of had to have what was available to you, a lot of times those situations can bring about a lot of guilt and shame and kind of start this spiral if you're not approaching nutrition from a place of autonomy and flexibility. Another thing with intuitive eating is you get to decide like what you want to practice or try and it's okay to leave the rest. So If you're hearing a nutrition recommendation, you could also say to yourself, I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind for now, but I'm not ready to implement it or this doesn't feel right to me right now. I'm going to try it at a later time. And then with dieting, a lot of times the outcomes that are monitored are either going to be weight We're looking for a very tangible outcome, like an immediate change in labs. That's why continuous glucose monitors are starting to be more popular. People are obsessed with this tangible data. I'm not, and I'm not like completely saying all continue using a continuous glucose monitor in all circumstances is bad, but we are seeing them become a bigger part of diet culture because of that data monitoring. With intuitive eating, when we're monitoring outcomes, will be we be thinking about some physical outcomes? Sure. Uh, but we're also going to be thinking about how you're feeling. What are your energy levels like? What's your sleep quality like? Did your cravings improve? Are you less stressed around food? What's your overall well-being like? Are mealtimes more peaceful? Do you have better relationships with the people around you because eating and food and mealtimes isn't as tumultuous? Like these are all things that we look for with intuitive eating. So to sum things up, you can definitely combine nutrition recommendations for PCOS with intuitive eating. It's all about giving yourself flexibility and autonomy and really understanding that just because something is a nutrition recommendation, it doesn't mean that you might not want to put your own spin on it. It definitely means that you should explore it and figure out how you want to apply it to yourself. And I think that is one great thing about intuitive eating is that you really do get the space to explore what really works for you. And also uh, being able to observe yourself with curiosity and not have that guilt and shame can be really, really key in figuring out how to best manage your PCOS. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I also hope that you are enjoying some shorter episodes too. I'm trying to have a little bit of a variety of chatting with my past clients, doing some solo episodes, doing some interviews with other professionals. And sometimes I think popping in a shorter episode is nice too. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can catch new episodes. 
I'd also be so grateful if you left a review and rating for the pod as well. See you next Wednesday.